0: And as always, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising and the Beautiful Game Network, BGN. You can go to their websites to see more of their content at firebirdrising.coreair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, or at bgn.fm. And let's get to the show. Welcome to this latest edition of the Rising is One podcast. This is Firebird Rising Managing Editor Jeff Went, and with me is uh, Matthew Trainer. Welcome again, Matthew. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Jeff. Well, let's get into this. What a great game we saw Saturday night at uh, Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex. Uh, interesting in a lot of ways that... Uh, We've got injuries to talk about, we've got late game craziness to talk about, uh, we've even got a last second kick to talk about, so your uh, beginning thoughts there, Matthew?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was a very interesting match, unfortunately I wasn't able to to be there for this match, but I did watch uh, the first half on the YouTube stream and uh, bits and pieces, um, throughout the second half, uh, you know, through Twitter and all that, but, um, so they are able to squeak by here at the end and, and some late, late minute, last minute craziness. Uh, but my biggest takeaway from this is just the, the losses of Rooney and Reggie. Um, yeah, that's going to be a huge impact, especially with, uh, got a, you know, a little bit of a stretch of away games coming up too. um, you know, the next four matches are uh, away and, you know, some pretty big ones, too. We got the U.S. Open Cup match this Wednesday. Um, and the next week we play San Antonio, which is uh, they're doing really well. So um, we'll have to wait to to see what the updates are with Rooney and Rigi and um, see where that kind of puts us going forward.
0: Yep. So let's get into uh, let's get into Saturday's match. Uh Interesting lineup change in the fact that uh, the formation came out a little bit different than what we've seen in the past few weeks from Phoenix Rising. Uh, obviously, Cody Wakasa came back into the lineup in his, in his familiar right back spot. Uh, the rest of the starting 11 had stayed the same that it has been the last three or four matches. Um, but they came out in a 4-4-1-1 with uh, Rooney and uh, Matt Watson playing those defensive mid uh, fielder roles, which... Interesting enough, and and you'll hear this later from Rick Shantz in these in his uh, post game comments, but uh, uh, not not a normal role that that you would see Rooney in, but uh, he was willing to accept the role and uh, kind of made it work in the beginning, and we'll we'll kind of go over that as as we get into this. But uh, the inter- the other interesting change is moving Sean Wright Phillips from the the right hand side, moving him into the center, and tucking him right behind Chris Cortez, who was playing as the lone uh, striker up top. So, so we get into the first half and, uh, uh, eighth minute, uh, Sean Wright Phillips had a very nice, uh, chip into the box, getting it in towards the net and, uh, uh, Cody Lorendi coming out for OKC and, and making a strong challenge to, uh, come off his line and, and, and make a good play on there. Um, we move to the 11th minute and, uh, we had another, uh, nice attack from, from Phoenix rising, uh, Vasquez, down on the left-hand side, made a good run. uh, Tried to cross the ball into into the middle, but it was cleared out by the Oklahoma City defenders, and and not much more came of it at that point. Uh, First real good chance was in the 16th minute by by Reggie. Nice set of possession by Phoenix Rising in the middle of the field. And then uh, uh, Reggie trying to get a shot off just outside the 18, but uh, blocked by the defenders on the inside. Uh, and then, and then we get to, as everybody knows is the 10 minutes of, uh, of grimness for, for Phoenix rising, uh, Luke Rooney goes down in the 20th, uh, non-contact play. Uh, you saw the replay, Matt, uh, uh, other than what we saw up in the press box, which was not much. Did you see
1: anything? No. Um, yeah, I didn't, didn't really see much there. Just, uh. I don't know, it looked like he had his footing there and just instantly had some pain and went down. Um, But, yeah, there was definitely I didn't see any contact in either of those um, injuries. Uh, Just very unfortunate, I think. And, uh, you know, it looked like maybe Rooney was in a little bit uh, better shape than uh, Rigi after the match. I I believe Rigi was kind of getting around the stadium on some crutches. So, you know, that's not a good sign, I don't think, or maybe just being – extra cautious which would be wise as well you know right
0: uh you know we you know we were surprised you know he was down three or four minutes got back up left with the assistance of the trainers still was getting some work on the sidelines for a good two minutes and then all of a sudden as we're thinking miguel tim is going to come into the match uh luke rooney comes walking back from the trainer's table and wants to give it a shot a la willis reed um tried it for a minute. Unfortunately, the knee just couldn't handle it. And he looked, he looked to coach Shantz and and said enough. And so Miguel, Tim comes into the match. And then a minute later, similar play Alessandro Rigi. And just, I think the stadium just deflated at that point thinking, what do we do now?
1: Yeah, I agree there. I mean, um, I think everybody agrees that Rooney and Reggie are very critical to the team. I mean, they they create a lot of plays and create a lot of energy and moving the ball up. Um, So I think there's a lot of concerns there with those two, you know, know, the, the injury status of them being unknown right now.
0: Yep, Jason Johnson gets the call in the 33rd minute. And obviously, you're thinking at this point, two subs, 35 minutes into the match, this is not a good evening for, for Phoenix yeah. Rising. And at this point, you're just you are just praying to get out of there with a draw at this point.
1: Yeah, especially following uh, last week's performance. Um, I think, and you know, then losing Rooney and Reggie. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think uh, everybody was just hoping to at least squeak by with a draw. So...
0: Johnson comes into the match in the 30th and makes his impact right away on the 30-30. Gets a great run down the down the side. Uh, tries to get it, get a cross in, but a little high over the head of Omar Bravo, who we talked up in the booth a lot last night that that this may have been, even though Bravo didn't do a lot as far as shots on goal and, and things like that, this may have been one of Omar Bravo's one of one of his better games of the season, just in terms of movement. As well as, as making himself more available.
1: Yeah, you know he he definitely looked a lot better and uh, had a few pretty good opportunities. Um, you know, some nice shots on target too. Um, it's nice to see. You know, um, he's getting closer.
0: Yeah, see that uh, that he so. is getting a lot closer. Yeah, so. but
1: def- definitely, uh, you know he he was hustling a lot yesterday, trying to make plays and. Uh, trying to create opportunities for everybody else. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that uh, glad that, that was a good match for him and look forward to him to continue to build off of that too yeah. and uh, hopefully maybe get that first goal for us yeah. for him, you know.
0: Exactly. So we get towards the end of the first half. I thought one of the interesting plays in the 37th, Johnson tries to draw a foul inside the box, looked kind of 50-50 as we kind of looked at it a couple of times up in the booth. I I tell you who was really livid was was Corey Robertson the goalkeeping coach in the box. I mean he went. I mean as soon as that that no call happened, he was right in the face of the fourth official and I you know it was it was surprising that that Corey did not get kicked out of this match, you know going after the fourth official like that. I I, I think it took a lot even with Rick Shantz holding him back a little bit, but you know but Rick also trying to make his point that. You know, yeah, uh,
1: I saw a, I saw a clip where Rick was even getting after the fourth official as well. So, yeah. um, so the uh, coaching staff uh, wasn't too thrilled with some of the calls or missed calls for that matter. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting though to see both of them kind of speaking their opinions yeah. and uh, even Omar Bravo getting the the yellow card at the end for <laughs> continuing <laughs> to talk to the ref. It yeah. <laughs> showed that show some dedication there. I think you know, yeah. or, you know, just. Yeah. You know, so. Obviously,
0: a lot of lot of stoppage time in the first half, almost seven minutes worth of stoppage time. Uh, not a whole lot came of, of of most of that time. There was one little where Wakasa drew a foul outside the box, but uh, uh, Phoenix Rising wasn't able to do too much with it. So you get into the half at nothing, nothing, and you know I think at that point we were relieved that they at least got into the half at nothing, nothing. I think it it also gave them a chance to reset. I mean. He t- you know, Sean's told us in the postgame, well, you know, these guys can pretty much slot in, you know, wherever they need to when the situations arise. But I think being thrown into a situation like that, I think they needed that halftime to kind of uh, get, their, get their feet underneath them, kind of get their formation set, get the people where they needed to be. You know, and I think it really helped. And, and I think it showed right away as you came out in the second half. So we get into the second half. <laughs> right away, three minutes into the second half, uh, uh, Chris Cortez picks up a yellow. And, you know, the interesting thing about Cortez last night is, you know, obviously Cortez was all over the place, but on a couple of occasions, Cortez got really close to, to picking up that second yellow, maybe 15, 20 minutes into the second half. There was an incident, We'll we'll touch on it a little bit later, but there was a 50 50 ball that. Him and one of the, uh, the Oklahoma City players went after, and yeah, it was, it was quite interesting to say the least.
1: Yeah, that was yeah.
0: So, but Rising gets on the board in the 51st. Uh, what a great, what a great run by Cody Wakasa. You know, we we harped on Cody early in the season for his defensive effort, but I think as the season has gone on, we've seen improved play from Cody. And I think this play kind of epitomizes how much of a difference he's made in the last three or four weeks, and in, in, in his play, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, sorry about that, having okay. some uh, technical issues here. <laughs> it's okay.
0: But yeah, so so Wakasa well, makes the run down that down that right flank. Finds Jason Johnson inside the box. Jason Johnson makes a great turn, nutmegs the defender, goes to the low left of Cody Lorendi into the net, and 1 0 Phoenix Rising, just like that. So we get into the 55th minute, and uh, first real chance from Oklahoma City Energy as they get a couple of shots on goal. Peter Ramage makes a big save, Uh, Jordan Stewart makes another big save there, uh, huge efforts right there, keeping, uh, keeping the scoreline 1-0. So we get into the 63rd minute, and Rising had a, had a free kick from about 35 yards out, which, uh, Omar Bravo took, didn't do very well with that one, which is a little bit surprising, but, uh, I think as time goes on and now with Rooney being on the sidelines, I think we will definitely see a little bit more of Omar Bravo taking free kicks and we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes as as we move forward.
1: Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, Omar Bravo is able to step in there in some of these opportunities and uh, finally get some goals for us, you know,
0: so we get into the 69th minute and Phoenix Rising has to make its final sub, uh, having to bring on J.J. Greer for for Jordan Stewart. Uh, Shantz told us after the match that that Jordan was getting a little tight and obviously two players down already. You don't want to go a third, especially heading out on the road. Granted, we have a surplus of, of uh, defenders that, that haven't seen a lot of time as of yet, but you know, it was good to see him get Stewart off, at least save him for, for upcoming matches coming in. And then we talked about with Bravo, uh, you know, in his effort, you know, it, Bravo on the in the 80th had a beautiful corner kick. Uh, got it right to Cortez, right on the head, but Cody Lorendi was right there to save that effort. Uh, one of the better corner kicks we've seen, you know, all, all season – Granted, we haven't had a lot of them so far this year, but but I think it was one of the best efforts uh, we've seen this season.
1: Yeah, no, that was uh, it was pretty close, and uh, definitely was good to see. So hopefully they can uh, continue to work on that and take advantage of those opportunities. You know. Yep. And three minutes later, Bravo.
0: We all thought Bravo had his first goal of the year, uh, but unfortunately, yeah. it was his own man that stopped it from going into the net. <laughs> It, yeah, as, as uh, Chris Cortez blocks it inside the six.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. Um, I don't know. Do you, if Cortez wasn't there, do you think that still would have went in? Or I mean, I, th- I think I it. Know. I think it does because it had a good chance. It had yeah. a
0: very good chance because Cody Lorenti was really hugging that right side post, and and it it was it was heading there. I think it would it would have probably gone in the net. But you know, that's one of those coulda woulda shouldas, and we'll never know. And and, and... yeah, that was. So tough break. Yep. So so then we get into the hairiest part of the match. Three minutes of stoppage time. Oh, what this happens gets crazy? What happens in the first minute? JJ Greer takes down Guy in the box, picks up a yellow, and it's a penalty kick. And everybody in the building just dropped dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was what what's your thought on that call? I mean, do, do you agree with the call that that was inside the box, or do you think that happened outside of the box? No, it it,
0: it did happen inside the box. That okay. that we that we definitely know for sure. It was it was yeah. a, it was a definite foul inside the box. You know, now you've got Greer's picking up a yellow. Omar Bravo's picking up a yellow because he's talking too much. We've got pushing and shoving going on. This is a typical OKC match.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And Highland steps up ninety second minute, and slots it to, Jason, uh, to Josh Cohen's right. He has no chance. He guessed right, just
1: guessed the right direction. Guess the right direction. The right just direction. Just, just a, a nice wasn't PK. was going to get that one. Yeah. 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 Not much you could do about that one. No. Okay.
0: And of course, you know, at this point, you're thinking, this is a devastating one-one draw. Okay, you've lost two points. But credit Phoenix Rising for taking the push, pushing it forward. Chris Cortez gets the ball in the middle, finds Sean Wright Phillips on the right, makes a turn. Beautiful shot to the lower left-hand corner. Cody Lorendi has no chance of getting to it. Game winner, final kick. I right, Just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, you know, if you saw that last goal, you would almost wonder if that was a, uh... A replay from Jason Johnson's goal earlier in the game. Um, both really similar shot across the face of the uh, the, goal, the goal, and caught the goalkeeper just kind of standing there. Just didn't see it in time, so he couldn't get a response. You know, yeah, uh, you know, they're both very similar shots. Yeah,
0: they were very similar shots, and unbelievable effort. I mean, you can't ask for anything more from no. from guys. I mean, they they could have just folded up shop. They could have said we're done. We'll take we'll take a point. And off we go, you know. But yeah. to to yep, c- to come back to take three points, I mean, to to finish this homestand nine points out of twelve. I mean, is it? It was huge. I mean, they could have they could have taken the one, said okay, we'll 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 leave here with seven. But to get out of here with nine out of twelve, we talked about it. They almost needed that that three points, and and it was unbelievable to to see the way it had ended.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was glad to see they were able to, just you know, keep pressing and um, keep trying. Just like you said, just didn't they did not give up the last few minutes, and that was the basically the last play of the match. You know, and uh, yeah, and to see, I, I don't know what your what your thoughts are, but I'd say, you know, leaving this home stretch with nine out of twelve points, not too bad.
0: Um, oh, it's, it's 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 huge. It's important. Yeah, I mean and and remember when we get to the you know when we get to the western conference standings later we still have games in hand you know yep. and that's that's going to be key because a lot of those games in hand aren't going to be picked up until june july and august so we're going to continue to have these two and three game cushions on other teams ahead of us because you know because they have because most teams have played 9 10 11 matches and it's not a matter of, you know, you think of past schedules and we were always playing on the road, couldn't play a home match because we didn't have a stadium or anything like that. The schedule really has been in, you know, it's really been in our favor to start. Two by weeks early, which is, you know, I, I mean, granted, you don't always like to have it that way, but, you know, we'll take the early buys. It means we have to play more matches on the back. Sure, it does, but, but I think... Uh, Uh, overall i think it'll help us as we see where we are in the standings where we need to push you know and and and, okay who's ahead of us who do we need to climb and how can we get there okay we got a match in hand on them three points puts us right above them so i think that helps a lot
1: yeah and you know to to touch on the topic of having the the bye weeks kind of front loaded for phoenix and uh you know the benefit to that is kind of gives the the guys some more you know more time to work together, get some practice, kind of work on, you know, their game plans. Um, you know, me personally, I'd rather have that extra time to kind of mold the team the in the formation and strategy earlier in the season or, you know, start at the mid of the season kind of rather than at the end of the season when it might be too late, you know.
0: Right, exactly. So All right, well, here's uh, here's Rick Shantz after the match uh, kind of talking about how everything kind of came about at the end.
2: So fortunate to be where I was sitting because I can see it perfect and I've seen him do that many times in training and uh, many times in the uh, EPL. Yeah, it says a lot about the character. You know, we talked about it last week, and I told you guys that uh, I knew they would come out and it would be a different performance this week because there's a lot of pride in there. Uh, some of these guys didn't make it to the level that they played at, but without that, you know, that kind of commitment and pride. And, and it really showed tonight. I'm very proud of the guys. Yeah, it was a shame. You know, we knew Richie going into the match was a, you know, a little bit injured. He was, he was nursing kind of a knee, but uh, Rooney was just a fluke—a bit of a fluke. And, uh, but we do have a deep roster. I thought Miguel Tim was fantastic. Jason Johnson was exceptional. You know, and the goal he scored. Uh, uh, I'm excited because he's got a lot of pace and it's something we need. Nah, they just told me that you know, they're gonna get a scan probably and we'll we'll know about it Monday so. or Tuesday. What kind of changes did you know, obviously losing Rooney, losing Region, what kind of changes did you have to make what was coming out of that? tactically there wasn't that much of a change, you know, because Miguel Tim is, is more of a holding midfielder than Rooney and you know, we were asking Rooney to do a job that he, he really doesn't like to do too much but well, he did a great job while he was in there, and he was listening, committed to the team. But Miguel was fantastic when it did a role. And then Jason, when we lost Rigi, it uh, just meant Cortez had to go out wide left, and uh, he, he could play any one of those front three positions. So tactically, it wasn't too much of a change. I didn't want to have to sub Jordan when we did, but his getting a little bit tight, you know, and uh, usually you don't make your third sub with uh, 30 minutes to play. And, uh, you know, the guys that stayed out there, they fought, and they fought hard, and, and I'm really
0: happy for them. Big road trip, big road trip coming up. You got four games to, to play. One Open Cup, three U.S.L. games. How do you get these guys through this? Well, going
2: into the uh, the Open Cup game, we've got a lot of able bodies, you know, we have a de- very deep roster. And I know we can uh, we can take a different group over to Fresno and get the result. Uh, because the league is very important, you know. And, uh, we would like to obviously get U.S. Open Cup games at home, but unfortunately the coin toss isn't going our way, so. Uh, we'll go to Fresno with, uh, with
0: a group of guys that I know can get the job done. It, guys? Thanks, Coach. All right, so there are the comments of there are the comments of uh, Rick Shantz obviously believing in the fact that he's got a team, uh, a deep roster that he can take over to Fresno, uh, take to San Antonio later this week. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the Fresno match uh, as as we go forward. Um, obviously you may not see the same starting 11 you've seen in, in these last few matches, which is fine, which will give some guys a chance to, uh, to, to showcase their talents that, that they haven't been able to show. I think some of the players you may see might include a new Chana Uzo might include, you know, Jason Johnson will probably figure a lot more now into, into this lineup. Uh, you may see the addition of the three new guys signed two weeks ago. Uh, you know, I think Jordan Gibbons, I think you'll see, uh, Areola play. I think you'll see Jordan Gibbons probably play. You may see Romeo, uh, Romilio Hernandez get some time. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the, the lineup that Rick puts out, uh, when they play in Fresno on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm also interested to see that. Um, you know, if you, this would be a good opportunity, like you said, to kind of get some exposure for some of these other guys. And, and, you know, the other thing, too, is to maybe give some of your other players uh, a little bit of rest in between this match and our next um, USL League match coming up next weekend against uh, San Antonio, which is going to be going to be a tough one. So you probably want to make sure there's a few key guys who are pretty fresh for that match.
0: Yeah, especially when you've got a team that's 7-0-2 in league play so far this season, uh, you know uh billy forbes uh usl player of the month for march slash april uh you know by a vote of not only the uh the media but by the fans and by the uh technical staffs of 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 the usl teams uh definitely but far and away uh the runaway winner for for player of the month i mean he's going to be somebody truly you're going to have to watch uh when, when they play on saturday
1: yeah, and then you know the other thing too is San Antonio. They're right now setting a goal difference of fifteen, which is uh, the highest in the league uh, for both conferences actually. But uh, shows they're definitely capable of scoring. So we'll be. Uh, I think that'll be a big challenge for Phoenix next uh, next weekend. Yes, it will. Especially, uh, un you know, with the un- unknowns of Rooney and Regi as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Uh. Not much to uh, comment this week on the coaching front. Uh, we have not heard a lot of information coming from the club as far as their search uh, continues to, to find the right coach. Uh, Rick talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, hey, I'm just here to fill a role. And, you know, I think he, he will do just fine until they find that person. Um, you know, nothing further to really talk about as far as, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann when he was here a little while ago. Uh, there's been, a, there's been some other names thrown out and around, but I, I think Phoenix rising is going to take their time. They're, they're confident in the staff that they have currently working with the guys. And I you know, I don't think we have to worry too much about, about that one at this point.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Rick chances, um uh, has a good reputation and, you know, we're starting to see some results from him. So that kind of gives the, the front office a little bit of some breathing room, you know, we don't have to Rush into any crazy decisions on the coach. We can take our time, be methodical about it. And, um, you know, which, what we've seen from the ownership group, I'm sure that's exactly what they're doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah.
0: So let's get into uh, the uh, USL uh, scores for this week. Uh, we'll go back to Wednesday. Uh, draw between uh, Portland Timbers 2 and Colorado Springs at 0 0. Uh, RSL. Again, continuing to stay on its hot streak, 3-0 over L.A. Galaxy 2. Uh, Velasquez with the obvious game winner, you know, first goal in the 25th minute. Uh, Adams scoring in the 60 65th and then Hanlon scoring in uh, in stoppage time. Thursday, uh, Charlotte beat New York 5-1. Uh, another surprising result, Tulsa has found its footing again after having that, uh, that, uh, Losing the three points due to the ineligible player. They beat Vancouver three to one. Ian Savenson with a pair of goals. Cafra added one. Uh, I think Ian Savenson, as you'll hear in later in in, in these scores from this week, uh, he will most likely be your, your USL player of the week. Uh, Saturday, Pittsburgh defeated Ottawa 1 0. Orlando City B beat F C Cincinnati. Two Bethlehem Steel 1-0 over Toronto FC2. Richmond and Harrison played to a nil-nil draw. Charleston, a 1-0 winner over St. Louis. Tampa Bay gets back on the winning track, 2-0 over Louisville City. And then here's the interesting result of the week, and, and we can talk about this a little bit. Tulsa 4-0 over Orange County. We talked earlier in this season about how Orange County was such a great defensive team, and... Wow. They get blitzed a pair of goals from Ian Svensson. Another goal from, from Juan Pablo Cafra. Calistri had a goal. I Shocking to see Tulsa where they are right now. What do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, there's, I think there's a few teams that are surprising everybody this year. And, uh, you know, I think you could wrap Tulsa up into that group. Um, uh, I would say the surprises are good and bad, depending on which team you're talking about, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) this is true. (laughs) Uh, Other scores from Saturday, Uh, Rio Grande Valley gets a 1-0 victory over uh, Swope Park Rangers. Uh, Wharton with a goal there. Uh, San Antonio continues its unbeaten streak, which is now at 9 for the season, as they drew 0-0 with CL Sounders Too, A little bit of a surprise there, as they couldn't find the back of the net. And then... Another interesting result. Um, granted, RSL is playing as well as they are—a two-nil victory. But again, Sac- beating Sacramento two-nil, Sacramento now six games, six games without scoring a goal. Concerns in Sacramento.
1: Yep, Sacramento is one of the one of the bad surprises I was talking about earlier. You know, um, I don't know if anybody could have predicted this. <laughs> you know the start of the season for them no, you know, you, for Sacramento you
0: know and, and one of the other uh, uh sites that that we work with in Dominable City Soccer uh the question over there this week uh, may become who's more underachieving right now is it is it Sacramento or is it FC Cincinnati i mean both of those teams really expected to be high up on the list both of them sitting relatively near the bottoms of their respective conferences. Just shocking to start the season. And then the final result of this week for USL, Vancouver defeated Colorado Springs 3-1. to uh, Early goals from Amada and Bustos for Vancouver led them to get to the three points. So we move to the Western Conference standings now at the end of, of week number nine. San Antonio, 7-0-2, oh, 23 points. Two points clear of RSL at 7-1. Then it's an 8-point gap to Colorado Springs at 13 points, 3-3-4. Three, three, Seattle at 4-4-1. Four, four, RGV and 5th and at 4-3. Swope Park Rangers 6th at 4-3 with 12. Tulsa at 4-3 with 12. And then the 8th spot currently is being held by Vancouver, 3, 4, and 2 for 11 points. But as you notice with all of these teams, every single one of those teams have played more games than Phoenix Rising FC.
1: Yeah, and there's, um, you know, looking at the standings here in the Western Conference, 3rd uh, place to 11th place, a difference of 4 points. And so everybody's just really bunched up there. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix, uh, along with Orange County, in that group, have the least amount of games played. So, as you said earlier, there's a, we've got a few games in our hand. Um, it could, you know, yeah, so could we could see some different results here. Th- so. That is
0: correct. So we get into ninth place, Orange County at three, two, and one. Obviously, they have the same number of games as we played at six with ten points. Sacramento three, five, and one with ten points, and then there's Phoenix in eleventh at 3-3-0 with nine points. But as we say, think about it, games in hand. So, I mean, two wins puts us right. I mean, if we were to play two more games and have two more wins, we'd be at 15 points sitting in third place in the, in the standings. So I don't think, I think three and three right now is not a big concern to, to Phoenix Rising fans. Uh, we got Reno down in 12th, 1-3-2 and two for five points. Oklahoma City is now 1-4-1 and one with four points. Portland, one seven and one with four points, sitting at the bottom of the table. LA Galaxy two is that not a shock? One six and one at four points with a goal differential of minus Oof. eleven, which is yeah, a, which is a very shocking. I mean, for some of you know, I guess it shows a lot of what Kurt Analfa was able to do for LA Galaxy two when he was under Bruce Arena. I mean, obviously, an all now with the with 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 the uh, with the main MLS club. Just haven't been able to find the right combination to uh, move forward with with the dose team and, and a new coach this year.
1: Yeah, no, they're uh, goal difference of negative eleven. They're worse than the league for both you know both conferences. Um, yeah, so when it looks like we have uh, we'll be playing LA here in a couple of weeks as well. Again at LA, so. Um, hopefully they continue their ways for us yeah,
0: it'd be nice to even get a draw <laughs> get a draw on the road at, at san antonio and come back with three points in la it would be would almost be a yeah. dream type scenario for for rising as they move forward
1: yeah and then um following la they'll be playing oklahoma city again in oklahoma um, so we know they're capable of pulling off a win there um so i think this uh is a little away stretch coming up looks, uh, you know, we could get some walk away some pretty decent points. Um, maybe similar to this four game home stretch we've had, you know, yeah, come away with 75% of the, of the wins, you know, um, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about real quick. You, you mentioned is, uh, you know, Phoenix Rising's current standings with, uh, you know, playing six games or three and three. Um, uh, it's not bad, you know, um, when you when you take into account all the changes that have happened, um, even preseason and um, at the beginning of the season, with uh, Coach Yallop uh, resigning, um, some player additions, um, three and three is looking pretty good with all. When you look at all those factors, you know, um, still early in the season, and I think are picking up a lot of momentum. You know, these three wins out of four at home, um, so. Overall, I'd say I'm, you know, pretty optimistic about the season. Um, you know, of course, everybody wants them to start out six and zero, but not always possible. So, uh, I think Phoenix is heading in the right direction. Um, the offense is looking pretty good. They're starting to click together. Um, the midfield, you know, was a little bit of a weakness for a while. Um, they're I, you know, to me, it looked like there were some improvements last night. Um, still gave up the ball a few times, but. The difference I saw was the response to that. When they gave up the ball, um, they chased after the, the the opponents, you know, Oklahoma City, and um, tried to you know immediately play defense instead of getting caught up in it and letting them just run with the ball and you know outnumber us. So
0: yeah, that's that's correct. It's a good point. Good point to look at there. Uh, the other big news that uh, we need to get into that, that we didn't talk about last week at, uh, that came about this week is obviously the site visit by uh, MLS Deputy Commissioner and uh, Commun- uh, Director of Communications uh, coming out here to check out uh, what was going on with the expansion bid. Uh, you saw pictures of the visit. You heard the press conference from the visit. Uh, you know They seem to be very impressed with what they've seen out here. Obviously, one of the surprising parts of the site visit was seeing that they made a visit to uh, Sun Devil Stadium to talk with the people at ASU, uh, which obviously something we learn now that ASU would possibly be a site as a temporary home for Phoenix Rising should an MLS franchise come here and the stadium not be ready in time for the first match. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean... Um the ownership group recognizes that, um, you know, I think they need to stay out in East Valley to draw the attendance they're, they're drawing. I mean, last night, again, over 6,000 seats are, are, um, in attendance, 6,259. Yep. I believe was the attendance. Um, another, another solid number. Um, so I think if you keep it around that area, the Tempe, um, Scottsdale area, it's not going to be a big inconvenience for fans. Um, uh opposed to if they played on the west side for a year or season, what whatever it might be. Um I think it's a wise move and, you know, could also draw more um more fans to the games too, you know. I mean I don't know what the capacity is of Sun Devil Stadium, but I would guess it's probably in the fifty, sixty thousand range. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna um,
0: yeah, definitely gonna be in that range.
1: Yeah, it'd be sweet if we could uh you know, pull in Atlanta here and fill up the the college stadium for the first, first match, but uh, you know, one step at a time. Right. Um, But yeah, so I I thought that was a really positive sign that um, they recognize it needs to stay in the East Valley. That's where they're getting their attendance. That's where they're getting the fan support. Um, So yeah. What what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I I think it's, I think it's a great move to, to include ASU. And obviously, you know, you're only talking you're a mile and a half, two miles away from the stadium as it is. We know that that's where the fan base is right now, is is in that part of town. I think it makes perfect sense. I'm glad to see that ASU is willing to work with these guys. I mean, at times, ASU may seem like a standoffish group of people that, that don't necessarily want to be involved. But to see them firmly entrenched, obviously uh ray anderson and you know and mark abbott have some uh some some relations there as they've known each other in the past so that kind of helps facilitate some things very easily so uh, you know but i think you know having them come out to the site where they're playing right now to see what they've done in 54 days is is nothing short of amazing that's got to impress that's got to put impressions on on the mls people they were able to see a training session. They were able to sit down with Didier Drogba and the rest of the ownership group and find out where they stand and what, what their feelings are. And, and like Burke bakai had said in the press conference, you know, it's not what they want us to do. It's tell us what to do to make it right. And I mean, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, it's not a we'll sit back and we'll take and we'll wait and we'll see what they say no tell us what to do tell us what we need to be ready now let's do it so i, I think we you have an ownership group that is firmly firmly entrenched and ready to do this and and uh, you can't speak volumes enough about that
1: yeah i mean um uh, what are your thoughts as far as uh, you know we it seems like Every couple of weeks, there's some new news coming out of the ownership group on, um, you know, deals that they acquire with the land or the, or the financing, um, which, I mean, as Kyle and I talked about last week, like, wasn't too big of uh, a news, you know, release about the, you know, partnering with Goldman Sachs. I mean, we knew the money was there for the stadium. But it, but but it is an, that, but it is yeah, an important
0: a, element in the fact that if you don't have, if you don't have that set up, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna look two seconds at you to have that mechanism in place and ready to go when mls drops and says okay you have the franchise you know you can put shovels in the ground two months after they announce this you know if if the announcement's going to be at the end of the year you know you put shovels in the ground by january or february boom you're ready to go
1: yeah i mean um you know, what we've seen from this ownership group, I I would say they probably have shovels in the ground two days after they find out, you know, they're just, (laughs) they're so responsive for everything. And, um, you know, I just, you, you look at all the things that they do, they ask, you know, find out what MLS wants. We have all the boxes checked for the market, the, you know, demographics, population, all that. I mean, from MLS's perspective, where do you think Phoenix is at in the, ranking to become an mls expansion
0: you know i i we talked about this a couple weeks ago we thought maybe they're right on the edge I, yeah. you gotta think you gotta think they're still there if not you know obviously they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket and say yeah this is a perfect market i mean the demographics all line up perfectly one of the top yep. two tv markets in ML, you know, without an MLS franchise, you've got a huge Hispanic population that loves the game of soccer that comes out to, to view uh, international friendlies and international tournament matches. Unbelievably, you know, I think this is the perfect setting. You know, if they, you know, they, they're showing that they have all the boxes checked that they're ready to go. They've got the financing in place. They've got the ownership group that's ready to put the muscle behind it. You got to think that's got to put them towards the top, but obviously, You know, they have, you know, MLS has their ideas of where they want to be. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, and I think um, another factor, too, that, um, you know, kind of plays in with MLS, you know, waiting till later in this year to announce the expansion teams is, you know, maybe they want to see some more, you know, consistent results for Phoenix Rising and other teams for attendance. I mean, that's a crucial um, point for an expansion team, right? Um, oh, yeah, huge. You want to want to make sure that Phoenix's uh, attendance doesn't just kind of drop off. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, we stay committed, and I don't question anybody's commitment whatsoever. I mean, the uh, stadium's full every week. Uh, during the summertime, though, you know, we're going to have to pack the house, you know, keep exa- it going. Exa-
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, our buddy uh, Dominic. Uh, has, uh, has chimed in from, from uh, Italy as uh, he's on his little uh, excursion away from the United States. Uh, he was able to see the match last night. Uh, some comments I'll share from Dominic as, as, as he typed them up to me. Uh, he says, we finally played well without Rigi and Rooney. I think most of the people thought we were screwed when we went down in the, in, within minutes uh, thankfully, Johnson filling filled Reggie's creative shoes. Uh, Cohen stepped up big again. you know the only goal was the PK and he did everything you could ask for. Uh, overcoming adversity. we talked you know we talked about that as well, you know how, how big it was that, that, that they were able to overcome the early injuries and in, in the substandard, I guess you could call refereeing. Uh, one of the things he did concern about and I think I agree with him on this, is another you know this is another week where we conceded late and that's that's a huge concern you know I I know the biggest change this year is obviously going from the 5 sub to the 3 sub rule you know and, and a lot of teams are still kind of trying to work that out a little bit but you know we've got to work on on ways of being able not to concede those late goals um, but you know the the last thing he said is it was an unconventional home stand but mission accomplished for rising Nine points from the four games, and we're exactly where we need to be for the playoff chase. As I mentioned beforehand, this was a big chance to stack points up. Thankfully, the boys took advantage. I totally agree with him on all the points that he made. Obviously, looking forward, uh, it's a huge road trip coming up. Uh, three mat, you know, three league matches, possibly, you know, one guaranteed U.S. Open Cup match, possibly a second. You know, if they, if they win Wednesday night in Fresno, you're looking at another game two weeks from now. Uh, could be possibly in San Francisco, could possibly be here, depending on, on results. But, uh, you know, I, it's, it's an important stretch, and, and the injuries are going to definitely be interesting to see when we hear Monday or Tuesday how the scans came out for Rooney and Reggie and, and how, you know, how much time they're going to miss and, and, and who the guys are going to be to step up in that role.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely agree with Dominic's viewpoints and uh, brings up an interesting point that, uh, you know, we everybody thought we were screwed when Rooney and Rigi were injured and left. And uh, we were able to, you know, get Johnson out there and Tim out there. And they played well and they were creative. And Johnson got the goal. We were able to walk away with the win. So um, kind of also ties in with uh, Coach Sean's, um you know, comments earlier that there's some depth on the roster. You know, and uh, I think we saw that a little bit yesterday. Um, and then as far as the, the upcoming away stretch uh, games, um, just for the for the USL games, I mean, San Antonio, like we said, that's going to be that's going to be a challenge there. And you know, would hope for a win. Uh, maybe would the draw would even probably be good against San Antonio, I would say. And then LA and OKC, I mean, capable of, of beating them. So I mean, you should should be able to. Walk away with that, um, coming back home with six to seven points, hopefully nine, but you know, I think it's uh, definitely possible.
0: Yep. Well, unless there's anything else you have on your end, Matt, I think it's time to wrap up this episode of the Rising is One podcast. We thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, don't forget to visit uh, the Firebird Rising site for all details concerning the club. Uh, Firebird dot, core air dot com. Uh, we'll have injury updates there this week. We'll try to stay up with the matches this week as they roll. Uh, we're hoping to get, uh, some post-game comments, uh, possibly Saturday, depending on, on results and stuff. We're, we're, we're efforting those efforts with, uh, with the club. So, um, we should, we'll, we'll, all three of us will be back next Sunday. We're, we'll be glad to have Dominic back next week in the, in, the, in the, uh, pilot's chair, uh, uh, leading the charge again for for us yep. at, at uh, Rising is One, uh, we hope he's had a great trip uh, over to uh, uh, Italy and 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 had some fun over there. I know he was attending a, a, a Roma match, so he was he was having fun with that. Um, yeah,
1: depending if he's a Roma fan or a Juventus fan, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. But uh, yeah, visit us visit us at uh, at Rising Pod on on Twitter. Uh, hit us up uh, risingpot at gmail.com if you have any questions comments about the show uh, talk to some of the owners this week and and they've been listening to our podcast so we really appreciate uh, uh, their listening to to our podcast and listening to what we have to say Uh, uh, we hope in the future to have some of them uh, involved in the podcast and uh, uh, we'll we'll bring you some exciting news uh, on that front uh, in the weeks to come so uh for matt trainer this is jeff went i want to thank you very much for listening and have a great day everybody
1: thanks for listening everybody